Ben Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much. Maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. We're back with the Shift to Freedom podcast. Paige Easter with my wonderful, amazing husband, Ben Easter. And we're back to talk about another Disney movie. Going to go through a little more recent, more contemporary movie, Disney's Frozen. And we'll just talk about the various metaphors that we can find within this movie that we can use for our own personal development and self-awareness. Love this movie and also this one gets the record for quickest cry for a Benji in in all of the uh, the Disney movies so far <laughs> that we've watched. I was weeping oh. in the very first song of the movie. Do you I don't know. Yeah, totally. I, I don't know if all of our listeners are aware, but Benjamin is a chronic crier of any movie that has anything to do with love. He inevitably tears up, sometimes sobs. It's the most endearing thing. And yeah, in the three years that we've been together, this was the fastest any Disney movie has like really got him to the core. So he has, um, just before this podcast, he was like, I hope I can make it through the podcast without crying. So stay tuned and see how that goes for him. <laughs> really, I was just wondering if I could. We'll see. Though. It's, uh, it's, yeah, I have to actually get it, like, it, get in touch with the emotion of whatever's happening for it. So uh, actually, it's the second song, though, uh, because the first song that I want to talk about, I think, is really interesting. So First, let's set a little context for Frozen, the movie, because I think it's um, it's really interesting. This is a divergence from what we have usually seen from Disney movies, in that the uh, the person taking heroic action in this is for the first time not the the male lead of the of the movie. So I think that's really interesting. Also, this is a really interesting movie too, in that we're not seeing a romance be at the heart of the movie. Um, there it's like is, a side. It's like yeah, a side there, story. Exactly. There is some. There is some romance that happens in it, but it's definitely like not the main story that's happening here, because the main story is about these two sisters, uh, Anna and uh, Elsa. And I think it's really interesting to kind of notice the way that that stories are put together, because I think a lot of times we can get a lot of clues from that. I love that the very first thing we see in Frozen is a snowflake, because that has in it the inherent symbol of uniqueness and individuality because they say that all snowflakes are are individual and unique and i think that is kind of the essence of what this movie is about is like finding your uniqueness i think find like finding it and embracing it that's my takeaway from this movie is like noticing it and noticing its inherent value yeah, and, and believing in the inherent value of it, too. So let's do, as we usually do, uh, kind of a quick recap. Let's see if we can tag team this. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting where it starts, because it's... It, I didn't remember the scene, but it's a song. Uh, the song is called Break the Frozen Heart. 
break the frozen. Oh yeah, the the ice. The guys chip. They're they're creating giant ice cubes, and they're like ice salesmen or whatever. And yeah. the whole the whole song is kind of about like the beauty and danger of ice, and it's kind of an ominous beginning to a Disney movie. I thought. Yeah, totally. Uh, the beauty and the danger of ice, and I think it sets the tone for because well. Before let's just run through the series. So we have we have that. Then we the next thing we see is um, Anna comes to Elsa and she's like trying she's trying to, to wake her play. up. Yeah, yeah, trying to get her to play with her because the Aurora Borealis is out and she's like I can't sleep and I just want to like let's play. And finally she says, "Do you want to build a snowman?" And then and that wakes her up and she they go and they they start playing. And then there's like this traumatic moment where they're just playing, but. Elsa uses her ice powers. Anna's, like, playing, and she tries to slow her down, but she can't get her to slow down, and then um, she slips on the ice and in her franticness, and she misses, and she hits Anna in the head. She passes out, and the Elsa wakes up the parents, and they have to go to the trolls who know the, know the deep magics and turnings of the world to uh, Grand Pabby, who, who understands, and, and he, very um, in, a, in a very foreshadowing kind of way, says it was... Very fortunate that this happened to her head because hearts don't change nearly as easily. <laughs> it got him already. <laughs> First podcast that you cried that really is him. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you want to take so, it over for a second? <laughs> yeah, you got it. So, Grandpappy decides that what's best for Anna and Elsa is that they erase Anna, they heal Anna. And they erase her memory of Elsa's power, and then they decide that Elsa should hide her power at all costs, so that nobody gets her, hurt again. Not just hide her power, but in order to hide her power, they have to hide her away. Hide so her. they exactly from from even her sister and her parents. Yeah. So really, she's she's like cloistered away, and kind this, of isolated. Yeah. Yeah. From so everyone. they they yeah they like shut the gates of the palace, and then there's this kind of montage of Anna. Uh, knocking on Elsa's door like do you want to build a snowman like do you want to play and she never answers the door and then there's like later on Anna like walks by and she stops knocking because she's just so used to Elsa not playing with her anymore and she doesn't understand why so then the parents they go on a foreign trip and there's a sea wreck and the parents die and now Anna and Elsa become the rulers of the kingdom and they have to open the gates for the coronation and Elsa is this moment is, of great excitement because they haven't had anybody in their lives for yeah ever. We don't even know. Yeah, how it's long. just been them in this giant palace in these big hallways. So and in fact, the excited. song is the first time in forever. It, yeah, when they're getting they're getting prepared for the uh, the coronation. Yeah, and so Anna's Anna's really excited because she loves to play and she just wants to like have people around and. Elsa is scared because she has these powers. She doesn't know how to control them. She's been trying to, like, repress them for so many years. And so then they open the gates and they have the coronation. And by this time, Anna has been out exploring with people and falls in love with Prince Hans. And so they come after the coronation ceremony. She's like, we want your blessing in marriage. And Elsa's like, no, you just met this guy. No, you can't marry him. And so Anna finally gets sick of it, and she's like, you never let anybody in, and Elsa gets really upset and loses control, and her ice powers create this kind of dangerous moment for people, and then 
the whole everyone at the coronation ceremony demonizes her and she runs into the mountains and creates this ice palace up in the mountains. And, and so as then, she's leaving her she her powers which are uncontrolled. And I do want to notice that that they they said the solution to her powers was that she had to master them and then the parents said you you can't feel don't feel it that was the name of the the game for her don't feel anything because if you feel things that's when your powers will come out um and so she loses control of her quote-unquote feelings and as she's running off she like creates this ice uh apocalypse for the town in the middle Mm -hmm. of summer yeah and so then it's Anna's job to go get elsa and so she goes into the up to the mountains and she turns hans in charge Leaves Prince Hans in charge and meets uh, Sven, and they go to get Elsa. And Elsa, and she's finally free for the first time. She has this big, beautiful song where she's like now able to be free and be herself. And because she's up in the mountains, nobody can get hurt. She's like isolated, and so she's safe to be herself. Anna tries to bring her back. She says, "I, I'm not going back because I'm free. I get to be myself up here, and mm-hmm. I, I won't hurt anybody." And Anna's like, "Uh, but you kind of did hurt." People are hurt right now because there's this snowpocalypse and we're all freezing to death down there. So can you come back and help us? And uh, Elsa kind of loses it and almost uses her power. And oh, and does use her powers actually on Anna again. This time she hits her in the heart. Then a a streak of her hair turns white in that moment. Um, And Sven takes her to the trolls to heal her. Yeah, and the trolls it, are like, well, the only thing that can heal... First, they try is... to ho- ho- hook them up. <laughs> they oh, yeah, have this big, long song. What's it called? Uh, lo- uh, fix it, kind of a fixer-upper or something He's like that? He's kind of a fixer-upper. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I love that song. It's such a good song. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And so, and the troll's like, well, we can't actually... The only way she can heal this damage to her heart is an act of true love. And so then the they're like, well, Anna is in love with... Uh, Hans, and so they rush her to Hans, and it turns out Hans is actually kind of a bad guy, and so he actually leaves her to die. Yeah, he was, manipulate. he was manipulating yeah. her so that he could take over the kingdom. So he turns out the fire and leaves her, and so they're like, okay, well, it's not, he like leaves her to die. So it's not Hans that's the um, true the, the act of true love. It's um, It must be Sven. And so they take off to looking for Sven, and they there's like this... Uh, culminating moment where there's this ice storm and Elsa's there and they're like trying to kill Elsa because she's this like ice demon and Anna has this choice where she can either run to save Elsa or she can run to save herself and have a kiss of true love with Sven and she chooses to run away from Sven and stop this sword that um, Hans is trying to kill Elsa with and she turns to ice and then it turns out that the act of true love was actually saving her sister. And so she turns to ice and then she revives. And then end of the story is everybody lives happily ever after. And Elsa can now no longer has to hide her powers, but she can actually use it for the benefit of everyone. And there's this beautiful summer moment where she creates an ice park in the middle of the town square. And also, yeah. we never mentioned Olaf. Oh, who's the <laughs> favorite whole, character? Who's the favorite character, exactly. <laughs> but mostly comic relief. Um, mostly comic relief. But also, I do want to note that it was uh, Elsa has this moment of realization that love, she's like, oh, love, love is the way to control, to the antidote to the frozen powers that I have. And that's yeah. when she's able to finally thaw everything, essentially. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Really beautiful story. I thought this was a good recounting. <laughs> yeah. So where do we want to start with the metaphors in this story? There's so many that I hope that we have time to cover. Yeah. So one thing that I think is just like, it's really useful to recognize this story of that your your passions are to be shut away that they're dangerous and that your your powers i mean like look she literally has superpowers and she's being told not to use them at all costs because they could be dangerous i think that's really interesting and i think that this that this messaging really cuts to the quick because i think that we are very frequently told to shove down what makes us unique hide it away so that we're not risking anything and being different and being like outcast. Because that was what they were saying. They literally shut her away so that she, what people wouldn't know that she was special, that she had these powers. So she doesn't hurt anybody because that's very risky. But also it was so that people wouldn't know. That was the reason that they shut her away. Nobody can know this. And then Grandpappy said when they went to her that fear will be your enemy. Yeah. Fear will be your enemy. Okay, so even there, he's kind of giving her the formula for using this power. But then what do they do? They immediately go and behave out of fear. And that's like for the next 10 years of her life, that's all that she does is she lives out of this fear. I think this is really interesting because uh, there's this principle about fear. And it is, and this seems to be universal law. If you can find a time when it doesn't create this, bring it up with me because I'd like to have a conversation about it. Um, But it does seem to be this universal law that when we behave out of fear, we create the very thing that we're most afraid of for ourselves and our reality. So you can see this on multiple levels happening in this story. One, uh, when she's behaving out of fear, she's worried that she's going to hurt other people. And when she behaves out of fear, she literally hurts her sister. That's like the one thing that she's trying not to do and she does it. And then also she's afraid that she's going to get outcast from society. And that's, that happens. She gets outcast from society as she behaves from fear. And so you'll see this again and again. And this is true in real life as well. The example that I use, because it's a really clear example for people is social anxiety. Like if I'm afraid of being rejected by people, then I don't go and I don't talk to them and I don't show them who I really am. And then guess what? I've already rejected myself. So I, I experienced the... I literally create the very thing that I was afraid of, which is rejection. I guarantee it for myself by behaving out of fear. So that you'll see this again and again all over our lives in the world if you look for it. So I think it's something mm-hmm. really useful to notice. Yeah, I want to add to that that as we're creating intentions for ourselves, if our intentions are not in the affirmative, they somehow like they don't work for us. So if you say like don't feel, don't feel, in order to not feel in order to understand those instructions, our brain has to recall what feeling is in order to then choose something else. So by nature of the very intention to not feel, we necessarily feel and we think about feeling. I just thought that that was a really interesting, like, uh, you know, kind of like anecdote, like as, as much as she tried, like this was the main intention to not feel, like she's in a room by herself, isolated, trying not to feel, but having the very feelings that are uncomfortable. Yeah. Meanwhile, fear is a feeling and and they're all (laughs) in the feeling of fear constantly. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. There's also a saying that people might be familiar with, whatever we resist persists. Exactly. That's, that's what's happening here too. It's like, we're, we're, she's like, oh, I can't feel. And you can see how like, it's like such a struggle for her. And, Mm -hmm. And she's putting so much energy into that struggle that, I mean, that is the very thing that she's she's avoiding so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um I also noticed like 
one of the ways that I conceptualize this challenge is that Elsa has this power and there's this kind of fear that it might be detrimental to other people. And so there's this need to kind of keep it secret or keep it locked away. And what I think is really interesting is that ultimately at the end of the story, even though she has this potentially, you know, this power that has the potential to make things kind of go wrong or have accidents occur, I think that, like, there's a really interesting message around personal responsibility in this, that, like, I can be me, and that can have an impact on other people in my world, and I might really feel desirous of shielding them from that, but ultimately, at the end of the story, Anna heals herself. It's by her own ability to have love that it it doesn't even matter that Elsa kind of hurt her because she can actually take care of herself. And I love this thought because thinking about ourselves and kind of wanting to protect other people and then not showing up in authenticity, really it, one, now Anna doesn't get to have a relationship with Elsa who she loves. She wants nothing more than to have a relationship with her. And Elsa shields her from that out of fear. But ultimately, when she does kind of like open up and be herself, even when she is acting from fear and like being scared that she might hurt somebody, Anna's okay. Like Anna has everything she needs to take care of herself in the end. And I just like, I, I love thinking about our own personal power when we remember that other people can take care of themselves and like we can like contribute to their reality in a positive way but it's so sad to think about like holding ourselves hostage from other people because we're afraid that we might hurt them and then you know again the thing we fear is the thing that we then cultivate we hurt them because we're holding ourselves back from them which she's worried about hurting Anna in some physical way but for 10 years of her life she literally shuts her out Anna's like her best friend is gone from her and like how sad is that but we're not worried about that pain to her or something like that it's like it's so interesting the dichotomy that we're experiencing in this movie Uh, I I love what you're saying this that was like one of the really cool things that I wanted to talk about in this is that she she saved herself so the act of true love we hear it's like they they play on this irony because we're expecting from a Disney movie we're expecting from these fairy tales from these like metaphorical looks into the subconscious Mm -hmm. the act of true love to be coming from outside of herself somewhere yeah and even as you start to like with my mind, you know, I'm like always like looking for like, what's the twist here? Even as she starts to look to Sven for that, I'm like, hmm, maybe I'm like looking for the twist and I'm like, oh, maybe it's Elsa actually, who's going to, it's going to be the true love of Elsa that is going to be yeah, right? the thing. But then I love that it's like this ultimate twist because it winds up being yeah. her own, her own act of true love. That thing that is yeah. 100% in her responsibility in within her control in the world that she can love and that that creates love. And I think this is so powerful and such a beautiful thing to realize as we shift to freedom is that the thing that you're wanting to experience in the world, you are the source of it. It is happening inside of you. Okay. Because on the flip side, like nobody else can give it to you. That's the other like side of what we're saying here is that nobody else can give it to you because look, I mean, and there's countless examples of this in the world. Like if you think about how the situation where somebody loves you, but you can't see it because it doesn't line up with the way that you're believing about yourself. And so you're feeling rejected and all that stuff. So really like love comes from within. It is an act that we do. It is a verb that we're loving and it's not a thing that's happening to us. 
that we're falling into. It's a, it's yeah. a verb. I just love that. I love that. Yeah, me too. I think it's also worth talking about. There's this funny scene that happens with Sven, and it also happens with Elsa, about Anna and her relationship with Hans. Mm-hmm. And it's strange that it happens this way too, because it's like the thing that she's been denied from. Because look at what like look at what situation happens. Because again, everybody gets shut out out of fear, and so Anna, who is this, I mean, she's just a being of love. Like she's just constantly wanting to like play and be in love. And like as Elsa is getting ready for the party, and like I have to prepare myself and I have to be careful. Elsa is, like, dancing around the the castle, like, just, like, maybe I'll find true love at this party. Maybe, like, maybe. Is it too much to hope that I could meet the one? And because she's been so starved for love, and because it's so important to her, then she actually winds up being open to Hans and wanting that whirlwind romance that happens, like, that love at first sight, that thing that happens, and then she's, like, wanting to fall into it. She's really manifesting it in her reality. She's preparing Mm -hmm. herself to see that, no matter what she winds up Mm -hmm. seeing. And it's funny because, like, Elsa's like, no, you can't marry You just met him. You can't marry him. You cannot have my blessing. I refuse. If you don't like it, leave. Sad. Uh, But also, Sven does the same. Not Sven. His name's Kristoff. Sven is the reindeer. (laughs) about this this whole time i was like sven is that the reindeer but sven is yeah, the reindeer I'm glad you caught Christoph it. Is the, yeah Christoph is the man <laughs> thanks for remembering and then when she's having this she's in the the cart with Kristoff. he's like wait what you got engaged to somebody the first day that you met them like what are you talking about like what that's absurd but the reason that she was open to that was because she had been so starved for love which was such an important thing that she was willing to do that now, look, there's this other thing that I don't love that's happening in this movie, which is um, we're creating this demonization of that love feeling. Like, look at the seeds of mistrust that are being sown in this movie. For that scene, he's so authentic, Hans. He seems yeah. so authentic in the way that he shows up. Like, we finish each other's sandwiches. <laughs> and just, like, there's really this... Um, I mean, they have this beautiful chemistry that happens in that song and they talk all night and they're just like having this really amazing experience. And I, I wonder and get curious and almost worry about a a generation of people looking to this movie the way that I look to the little mermaid or Aladdin and cherishing, honoring, you know, almost the level of worship that we have with these movies and to have young people who don't have a framework for the world, see this and now be immediately mistrustful of the experience of love Mm -hmm. like that and the openness to other people. What do you think about that, Paige? Yeah, uh, I'm so glad you brought this up because this is the kind of dichotomy throughout the majority of the movie between these two characters, Elsa and Anna, for me, is that Elsa is afraid and doesn't engage and then doesn't get to have the experiences, like connection and things that are pretty universally desired by most people but Anna on the other hand is this kind of gregarious ready to fail ready to show up in authenticity so willing to be seen as kind of silly in the beginning she's like is this excitement or is this just gas like I don't know like I'm so (laughs) she's just like so excited it's somewhere in that zone exactly and so she's going into the world with this kind of willingness or maybe like a 
not paying attention to potentially what could go wrong. And I think that what the movie kind of portrays is the danger of that is then you end up with a guy like Hans, who's actually a really bad guy. Mm-hmm. And also, I think that ultimately her willingness to show up and be involved and act out of love and be willing to kind of fail and be seen as kind of silly is what ultimately leads her to Kristoff. And so, mm-hmm. like, maybe on the one hand, it's like the society has this kind of portrayal around what is responsible or, like, reasonable, especially as it relates to love. Um, you know, people who, like, fall into love and, like, move in and, like, do all the things. And people are like, whoa, like, maybe maybe you should slow down. Like, that's pretty risky. And, like, blah. <laughs> Don't talk about <laughs> us like that. <laughs> Yeah, but also I think it is a testament to the willingness to do those things and, you know, she really values love. So it makes sense that it maybe she would try it and it wouldn't go well the very first time. And that's like the kind of action that when you take it, it illuminates more of what is right for you or like what you're desiring and puts you on the path to figuring out and knowing more in the world versus oh, but it could go wrong, so I shouldn't even engage with this person because what if blah, blah, blah. And I think that that's, like, my most favorite thing about this movie is the ability of Anna to just, like, go for it. Mm -hmm. And I want to double-click on that again because I think that this is what, as entrepreneurs and as people wanting to create a life that we love and a life of freedom, it's one of the things that is really helpful. I was going to say necessary, but maybe it even is, is necessary of going out and just trying things and being willing to experience whatever is on the other side of it not going well. Hmm. And because, again, I want to draw this back up, that Anna is not a damsel in distress. Yeah. She's her own fucking hero. Because you'd say, well, oh, yeah, like, because Kristoff in the movie would say, oh, well, yeah, you got what was coming to you, falling in love with this guy, getting engaged the day you met him. Obviously, you didn't know him, so you were open to betrayal. But at the same time, she saved herself from that situation. Mm-hmm. She became her own advocate and her own source of love in the world. She didn't need it from him she was it in herself and I mean like Mm -hmm. yeah Olaf helped her out but really Olaf did about what you'd expect a snowman to be able to do which (laughs) is nothing he really didn't do anything at all to help her get out of that situation he was definitely moral support yeah right yeah which which is funny because for a person who was isolated from the world a snowman is the perfect kind of moral support. Like, what you'd imbue a snowman with mm-hmm. as, like, the externalization of your own, you know, your own personality. Mm-hmm. I love this, because to tie this back to the entrepreneurial thing that you're saying, it's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what results we get when we go out and we mm-hmm. take these risks in the world. It doesn't matter what, quote-unquote, happens to us. It doesn't matter what people say about us or what they think about us in the world. Mm-hmm. Because we are our own source of whatever we want to have in the world, whether that be love or admiration or respect or honoring of boundaries that we hear so Mm -hmm. often or whatever the thing is that you want to create. If you become the source of that, you are now immune. You are inoculated against Mm -hmm. anybody else doing it to you in the world Mm -hmm. uh, because you can be your own source. And I think that's such a powerful message that is sort of hidden in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
I have one more thing, and I think that we kind of mentioned it already. I've been thinking about the podcast that you did with Clayton recently around kind of the nature of reality. Talking about like creating your reality with Mm -hmm. your thoughts. And the way that I see this come up in this movie is that Elsa, from a place of fear... Her powers are dangerous. And Mm. when she kind of learns or decides that actually, oh, love is the answer. Like, I can actually just engage with this in love. That The nature of her reality by the single change of thought is that now she can use this power for the benefit of everybody. And whereas before she was afraid, so then everyone else was afraid. Now, because she loves it and she's kind of showing up with like, look at this cool thing. I can like make an ice rink and... Now we all get to play, or we can make, make an ice rink in, in the middle of snu- summer, and we can all play. And now she has created a reality where now everybody else is buying in because she's sold on herself. And I love thinking about, in my journey, in my personal development, it, I would hear people talk about like being sold on themselves, and I'd be like, all right, cool, but like, how, like, where does it happen? And like, you know, I really struggled with it for a long time, and then... Once I just decided, I'm a badass. Like, I can do really great things with my mind. And now instead of showing up, like, hey, I have, like, can I help you? Maybe, like, I don't know if I can help you. So, like, maybe do you want me to try? And people are like, what? (laughs) Like, do you want to help me or do you not want to help me? Like, you tell me. And now that I'm, like, sold on myself, I'm showing up and I'm like, dude, I see this thing. Like, I can help you. And now I have this power that I'm able to welcome people into a reality where I get to help them. And I I really want to say, you know, as somebody who's kind of recently experienced this transformation, that, like, once you get there, it's really fucking cool on the other side. <laughs> and if you're not there yet, like, just hang on a little bit longer. Like, I promise you, if you stick with it, you'll get you there. And it's amazing. There. It's so fun. Yeah, and I love what you what you said there was like once I decided, and also because like it really is a choice, love or fear, and that's what I that's what I love. That's what I think is you know, again, the essence of this movie is like finding our individuality and loving, learning to love ourselves for exactly who we are and how we are right now. Like they say, like warts and all, but like really, like who you are has superpowers. And those superpowers can either build a life you love to live, or they can build a life that you're terrific and afraid of because you're trying to shut them out and Mm -hmm. close them down. And really this this dichotomy between love and fear, you'll see this in spiritual traditions, you'll see it all over the self-help literature, you'll see it everywhere in the world when you start to become aware of it, because we essentially have one of two states. All other emotions will spring from these two states, Mm -hmm. love or fear. And that's the choice every day. Do I want to operate from a place of love or do I want to operate from a place of fear? So that's what Frozen's about. <laughs> that's what our, our entrepreneurial journeys are about. That's what our personal development journeys are about. That's what our relationships are about. How do you want to show up? Because you can be a source of love in your life. Mm-hmm. And then you're immune to fear. I love that. What a great podcast episode and what a great movie. If you haven't watched it in a while, go watch it and then oh, man. sing along with the whole soundtrack we've been singing in our house the past couple oh, yeah. days. I wanna I wanna watch it again. I wanna keep watching this because there are so many of the Disney movies that I know by heart because I watched them a million times and Frozen I didn't do that with. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, the music is complicated and 
beautiful and it's so high quality like i haven't heard music that complicated since aladdin aladdin the music is also super complicated whereas like the little mermaid it's a little bit simpler um i mean they're all it's all beautiful music but in frozen it's just such magical music Mm -hmm. and i love it so i can't wait to learn it and then the other part of me is like am i gonna am i gonna remove my ability to like weep at the song do you want to build a snowman (laughs) because it's so beautiful if i hear it too many times so i'm like i walk that tightrope edge maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about that in a future (laughs) podcast thanks so much for the conversation Paige. anything else to add in final thoughts you know we didn't really talk about the distinction between reason and and emotion and how in the Mm. movie they're kind of like oh yeah cool logical reason is sort of positioned as being separate from emotion but they can work together so you got the kind of fear and love. Love of yourself being the source. Love of yourself. You know, willingness to fail and open yourself up to, to hardships. Totally. And make friends with a snowman along the way. Make friends with a snowman. Do you want to build a snowman? All right. Thanks so much for listening. And we will see you next time on the Shift to Freedom podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.